Hi, thank you for making this life-changing decision by listening to the Kingdom Move podcast with Pastor Roderick Ejekun. This message promises to do nothing but set your life on the right track and give you loads of encouragement. So sit back, relax, and be blessed. And oh, do grab a notebook while you're at it. For the past two weeks, I think I've been looking at what makes us victorious, right? And then last week, I dwelled on just one thing. I just looked at um, is it fellowship. Yeah. Guarding our unity. Are we good? I think it's a word we have to listen to over and over again. Amen. Shake your nose and you have to listen to it over and over again. You have to listen to it over and over again. Yeah. Until it becomes what? So, until you start living it out, right? Yes. Until you start living it out. Are we good? Right. 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 So, we're still continuing in, because from the beginning, I already stated that we are already victorious in Christ. So we are not trying to tell you how to become victorious because you already, you, you already are, but the challenge is uh, letting that victory we already have find expression. And that's why the first week I talked to you a lot about the way you think about things, how you think about stuff, right? I talked a lot about that and then about your faith. That faith is essential if you're going to walk in the victory Christ has called you to walk in. And I think last week I spoke, last two weeks, right? I talked about um, four things. I spoke about faith, how you see yourself. I spoke about the Word of God, right? The Word of God. Sonship. Sonship uh, coming from um, 1 John 5 there, right? Are we good? So tonight I want to continue in light, in light of that. Are we good? You sure? Okay. <laughs> John 14, 6. Let's look at John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am what? I am the way, the word, the truth, and what? And the life. No one comes to the Father except what? Except to me. John 8, 32. John 8, 32. It says, And you shall what? Know the truth, and the, and the truth what? Will set you free. So Jesus is saying, you shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. And then Jesus said, I am the way, I am that truth, and I am that life. Are you with me? So this one, mathematically, you just put it together, and then you should know what you're talking about, right? Oh, right. Child of God, right? <laughs> so who's going to, what is going to set you free? The truth? And the truth is who? It's Jesus. Uh-huh. You shall know the truth, and the truth set you free. Now, the truth, the, the not, know here, it's not, just, it's not just talking about just passing on of information, but it's talking about an experiential knowledge. Experiential what? Knowledge. It means that you have to get to a place where you, you, have, you have experience of something. Now, what leaves us so easily is what we haven't experienced. We easily discard what we haven't experienced to hold on to what we have experienced. That's why often people tell you, yeah, you don't know, I was there, or this person did this. I, I know that I'm, I'm, you get me? Uh-huh. What we, whatever we experience tend to come off as being true, as being true. Um, 
And I believe that our experience, our walk with God must come with the experience of God. Our walk with God must come with what? Experience of God. If you don't have experiences that stands out so uniquely um, in regard to you and God, chances are when something negative comes to hit you and it seems real to you, you would walk away from that mere knowledge of God without experience. Am I making some sense? Am I making some sense? Huh. Because experience is experience. Experience is what? Yeah, experience is experience. I don't know how far I can go with this, but who here, which of the guys here, you've been there when a lady comes and says she's pregnant, you impregnated her before? <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> How's that moment, that experience? <laughs> you can't forget. <laughs> it's not something that you usually forget. No. That's why you forget how it happened. So most men will say, what, what, what happened? <laughs> how did it happen? They, it's like the experience that, that telling them that they are praying. All of a sudden, they forgot what happened. <laughs> and they ask you what happened. I want to tell you something in the house. <laughs> and I remember when I had that experience. The whole place is quiet. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, a girl, has, a girl has told me before that she's pregnant. Yeah. And that I was the one. Yeah. And meanwhile, this girl has not touched it. <laughs> hey, she wasn't alone. She and a friend. Yeah. They said I should stop playing. They are serious. <laughs> the surprise of my face that I was playing, that they are serious. That's the the girl, the mother, the, after they went to check at the hospital and realized she's pregnant, the mother had gone to the shop to close the shop and come and see, come home and come and meet. Yeah. Me and my father. <laughs> All of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. Seriously. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't breathe. All I told them, I said, You look, and I know I've not touched it. Even the girl, I've not even said I love you to you. I like the girl. <laughs> I liked the girl, that one that she knew. I think she could tell that I liked her. But having told her, and they decided to play that prank on me, look, I couldn't defend myself. Two of them, what are you going to say? All of a sudden, my words were, so I told them, look, you, I'm going home. <laughs> on my way home, tears were just coming down. Because <laughs> I could see myself dead. I could see the two of them at home. <laughs> and as I was going, tears were running down my face. They came, and then they came to tap my back, started laughing. Yeah, I'm telling you. Since then, I realized that you have to be, you have to fear women. Look, look, even that the thoughts will even enter their head and do this to me. Show that you have to fear. I'm not, look, how they were able to conceive that idea and that I couldn't defend because I realized that the only way I could defend myself is the child. You have to wait for the child to come. And then look at whether the child looks like me. <laughs> I'm telling you, yesterday I read where in South Africa, a young boy killed, hung himself by his tie because a lady said he, she raped, he raped her. Young, handsome boy killed himself just for the lady to come and say it was a prank. Yeah. 
But he knew the truth. The boy knew the truth. But there are certain experiences, even just mere knowledge of it, sometimes you struggle. I knew I didn't touch anything. But Charlie, somebody is saying, telling you that you did it. Hey, that's not just that play around. You go and play around the thing and come and say, it's on you. You just played around. You didn't enter. You, <laughs> <laughs> you went to play. You went to play totas around there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, you have to play around. You didn't enter. People who didn't even do anything, even say, I look at it. They are fathers in the community. <laughs> shake your neighbor and say, it's, it's, Are you sitting right? Are you sitting right? <laughs> Tell them, sit right, sit right, sit right. Amen. <laughs> what am I saying? God wants you to have more than the knowledge of the truth, but an experience of the truth. More than knowledge. Because, like the story I just told you, I knew the fact, the truth, that I had not done anything. But the experience shook me. The opposing experience shook me. You may know by knowledge the victory God has called you to walk in. But you have to ensure that you are walking in the experience of the victory. Because the devil will come again. The devil is like a strong-willed child. Those of you that know strong-willed children. Strong-willed children, do you know they, they live their life to prove? They live their life to test the rules. That's the way strong-willed children are. So when you say don't sit, they'll sit and look at you. Mommy, what will you do? <laughs> what would you do? Will you beat? The minute you don't beat, based on your own, we say, look, if you sit, I'll beat you. The minute you fail at beating the child, you are proving to the child that you don't believe in what you're saying. And the rest of their life, they will test all your laws and all your rules. They will, and they will enjoy it. They, they actually enjoy doing it. That's strong-willed children. Dr. Dobson has a story of this family who is struggling with their strong-willed child. And then they got a book that he has written on strong-willed children. And out of the books, they were able to start handling the child. They had tactics and strategy to handle the child. And the child could tell that their parents now, they are handling him well. <laughs> Stop one child. So do you know what they did? By the time they came back from town, this boy has taken the book and put it in fire. Aha. Some of children, they and the demons are very close. They are very, very close. And they work hand in hand. They are testing the commands and the laws. So if you go and say, Johnny, go here. Johnny, yeah. Some of children, you have to add, or else I will. And when you add, I will, you have to do it. That proves to the child that you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing. Demons are like that. They live to test the lines of what you believe. Their, their desire is to give you an experience that challenges what you believe to be true. Give you an experience that challenges what you believe to be true so that you can question the truth. Are you with me? And most of us in our walk with God, we settle with just mere knowledge about God, but not an experience of God. So anytime the devil comes to question our experience, then you can see that we are, we are found wanting. Am I, I, I making some sense? Yeah. Because how many of us here have ever made up our mind and said, look, God says I can encounter and see his face, so I'm going to, I'm going to separate myself um, two weeks, uh, three days, four days to experience God. No, we're rushing it out. Okay, it's in the Bible. I'm sure it should be true somewhere, somehow. <laughs> when the time comes, I want maybe I'll know. 
Others will, will reference other people's story, but not us. I, I want to make some sense to you. So that's how the devil tries to bring opposing experiences. That challenges what we believe to be true. Hallelujah. But thank God that, Jesus, that, that the truth is Jesus. Amen. The truth is who? The truth is who? Jesus. Shake your noise. Neighbor, the truth is Jesus. The truth is. I can't. The truth is who? Truth is who? Jesus. Truth is Jesus. So anytime you're going to you're going to be certain any experience or anything, you measure it by Jesus. That's what you should do. You measure it by Jesus. Bring Jesus around your experience and see whether it's in conformity to the ways of Jesus or it opposes the ways of Jesus. Once it, proposes, once it opposes the ways of Jesus, that's a lie. One word, it opposes the ways of Jesus is what? It's a lie. And I'm talking about not mere, mere what Jesus said, but how Jesus lived. Because why would God, remember God is, uh, 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 God is Jesus is God. God is Jesus. If <laughs> why would God come on the earth and come and walk the earth? Why would God do that? Why would God live in, as it were, the throne to come and walk this dusty ground? It's so that he can take away ambiguity of his person. He will take away what? Ambiguity. Because sometimes when you take the, when you take the, the mere uh, law, the mere word, this can, sometimes people can come from various points where it becomes very difficult for you to tell what is God's point. And the classic case is, I hope you are following. The classic case is the woman caught in adultery. Was she caught? Yes. They didn't say that probably the woman was doing something with the guy in the dark and we assumed it was adultery. So we brought, no, they caught the woman in adultery. And what did the law say? The law gave room that the woman should be stoned. So any action of stoning the woman is right. It's not wrong. Hey, I'm, I'm having some sense somebody. Does God also want to save people? Yes. So that moment, it was a classic moment of, of, of um, shades around the law in terms of its application. Stoning is right. Not stoning to is right. So which one is? Amen. And then what, what, what did the Bible say happened? Then God, who wanted to take away every shades of ambiguity, came. And what did he do? He saved the woman. Upon what ground did he save the woman? Because he said he desires mercy over judgment. Mm. So when we, we are left in a challenging point, the one we have to bring into the picture is Jesus. Jesus is truth in manifestation. Are you with me? So for us in the church, truth is not just written things in the Bible. Truth is a person. Hey, truth is what? And thanks be to God, we saw the person come to live 33 years. So we can see him in all forms. Truth work with women. Truth work with men. Hey, truth live with women. Truth live with men. Didn't you, I'm not making some sense. Yeah. So you, you can't say, I don't know how to live with women as a man. Mm. Why? Because truth came to live with women. Hey. Am I making some sense? So I've left you. Truth work with women. Truth, truth was, was hungry. How did he handle, how did he handle hunger? <laughs> he met the poor. How did he handle the poor? He met the rich people. How did he handle the rich people? Hallelujah. I can, are, are you in the house? 
Yeah. Hmm. One of the things if we are going to if we are going to see victory is we have to hold on to truth. 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 The world we live in wants to have shades in various everything should have shades. Nothing should be absolute. Because you see, when you give things shades, then you can put anything there. And anything will be right. But when you make it so clear and you draw a line between white and black, that's too sharp. It means that either it is white or it's black. But when you do it gray and all those areas, then somewhere, somehow white can be there, black can be there, and they can all be comfortable. And one of the great work of the devil in our day is a drive towards shadiness. <laughs> a drive towards what? shadiness. And over time, you can see sometimes believers are also working that you can't tell. There's some believers, you can't tell their life. They are shady. They, they 50 50. Mm. Yeah. They want to be balanced. Don't be too much into God. You too, don't be too much in the world. You and the world and God should be, you know, uh So you can be, you can be comfortable. You, we don't want the discomfort of somebody saying, you are not supposed to be here, but you are supposed to be here. Those is one of our secondary school. It was very clear. I didn't have to do, honestly, Secondary school, I always tell people that what I know now, I don't even know, I didn't even know 10% of it when I was in secondary school. But somewhere, somehow, because I was true to what I knew, it was so clear before everybody who knew me. So much so that they can tell you that when you're about to talk about something, say, Rod, you, you, you stand there. And then they'll go and talk about it because they can tell that, in, in quotes, you are too different. And that's not because I was black. So the word, no. I said, I said, I said someone that look in secondary school, you know, position in SU. My position in SU was financial secretary. Financial secretary, you don't preach, oh. you only talk once in a whole year. You come and give your financial reports. That day, I was sweating because I couldn't account for a lot of coins. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I said, when I was going, I said, God, if I've chopped your money. <laughs> <laughs> the way I apologize to God, I said, please forgive you. <laughs> no, it, wasn't, it wasn't so a spiritual position. No, I'm, I'm cool. I'm t- you get me? Yeah. But once you are in alignment with a certain truth, you'll be different. You will be different. You will be different. You can't be the same. It, it's, it's not possible. You, it's not possible. If lies, if lies is comfortable with you, my brother, you are not true. If lies is comfortable, what that means is that if deception likes you and is comfortable with you and is not discomforted by you, then actually you are not true. You are a lie. Mm. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is a word, oh, this is a word. This is, this is a word. <laughs> Be a gamma instead of a word. Where there. Hallelujah. Some the truth. I can't understand the truth. Truth. Truth is absolute. Truth is absolute. This example I always give. Your shirt cannot be black and white at the same time. It's either black 
That's why. As a matter of fact, okay, a bit confusing. You cannot be here and at home at the same time. You are either here or you are home. Which is which? But the world says, oh, somehow, somehow, your meta whatever mind is. <laughs> so we are growing a generation that is becoming too shady for good. So much so that we cannot be. How do I even put it? Oh, God, have mercy. So much so that we cannot tell a lie because we first cannot define what the truth is. Once you can't define what the truth is, you cannot even define what the lie is anymore. Because the only way we can know a lie is when we first define what the truth is. And that's the danger of our generation. So now, what's the comfortable thing they come to? Everybody saves. Everybody can be saved. That's about now what they come. Everybody's having a spiritual experience. Yeah. For the one who is going out to take money and going to give to the poor, that's my spiritual experience. <laughs> yeah. That's my spiritual experience. Share. Read the Bible. Well, I talk about spiritual so that's all. <laughs> Hey, but now that's what it is. so people people want to have a spiritual experience. So they go and buy this thing and go and give to the poor and say, Oh, and I was feeling my friend, you're fooling. They're not the same. They're not the same. Somebody's lying to you. It's not the same. Somebody's lying to you. Look, I remember my one of my early spiritual experiences. I remember, look, when I didn't have much knowledge, but I knew I was having a spiritual experience. When the power of God, my tummy, I couldn't stop. Something was inside. And I, one morning I was screaming in secondary school. And I, when I went for another camp, Legon, at the back, I was just screaming at the back. Nobody has touched me. Nobody. For you to say that someone has pushed me or, you know, or rolled me. No, no, no. Chuck you. <laughs> no. Nobody chucked me and pushed me. But I was under some, I mean, recently, camp. Um, have it. The first time I have it came to camp. And when he came, I think it was the last day, I was praying for people and I, I said he should come. <laughs> and when they brought the boy, then I laid hands upon him. I said, laid hands upon him. <laughs> this boy started screaming. And this boy is very, it's not religious, it's very, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Uh, comported, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Uh, com comports himself or what's the word? Yeah, yeah, I hope I've made it. Yeah, cool and collected. A, like a football boy. When I touch him, then he got, hey, is that screaming? Then he fell. I said, you should bring him again. Then I touch him. And this guy was screaming, in quote, misbehaving. <laughs> and I said, you should bring him again. The third one I touched him, the guy collapsed. He was wrong. <laughs> and I left him. After the meeting, he came and said, hmm, what's something was happening? <laughs> He said, he said, he said what, what were you doing to me? Something was happening to me. He said, something inside of me. That is spiritual. That which the eye cannot see, but is real. It's, it has power over the physical. That is spiritual. It's not going to give to somebody. So now they've lessened the need for them to have a spiritual encounter to give into arms. Hey, I'm not making some sense, somebody. And then over time, once you don't also know the truth, you also move into that gray area. That shady area where everybody can come and define their form of spirituality. And then you say, oh, it's also a spiritual experience. It's always a spiritual experience. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. Am I making some sense, somebody? Yeah. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to hold on to the truth. You need to do what? You need to do what? 
I can't hear a shout of you to do what? Hold on to, to truth. Hey, oh, be serious. Bible makes us understand. I think it's first. Let's look at the first Timothy. First Timothy. Is it five fifteen? Let me see. The church is the pillar. It's three fifteen. First one is three fifteen. I'll move away from it. So shall we read on? Shall we read? One, two, three, four. So what? So that if I am what delayed, you will know how people must what condemn themselves where in the household of God. This is what of the living God. What is he talking about? Which is what the pillar and the foundation of truth. The pillar and the foundation of truth. Meaning that it's not a pillar and foundation of some truth, or it is the truth, the pillar and the foundation. So, what it means is that without the church playing its role, there's no truth. Without the church playing its role, there's no truth. And once there's no truth, we all enter into falsehood and deceit and lies. Are we good? Yeah. For instance, let me show you one of the falsehoods that is entering our generation. Are you, are you with me? Is that. This is the falsehood. Follow. That money is better than work. Money is better than work. And I'm sure somebody say, of course, of course, <laughs> money is better than work. But it's not true. Why did, if money is better than work, why did God give us work and not money? No. Work is a gift God gave to us. Because work helps us to discover ourselves, number one. Number two, God, work also makes us enjoy what God enjoys. Because remember, God himself worked. Hey, so look at the generation that are cutting corners to get money. And guess what? After they get money, they are now looking for other ways to accept and find another work to do. Do you get it? Yeah. Work is a gift. It's not a curse. God cursed the ground, but he gave work before he cursed the ground. But this, if you don't know, this you can only know in the church. Oh, when the place where God teaches you, come close to it. Because do you know that Jesus himself worked? And Jesus is grace. How can grace work? <laughs> right, are you in the house? So shake your nose and say, tell the person, tell the person, stop hating work. Tell the person, tell the person. Oh, ah, shake your nose and say, stop hating work. Tell the person, stop hating work. Work is for you. You may be, listen, you may be at the wrong place because it best doesn't bring out your gift nor your joy. That's different. That one is different. It's your duty to find where you are supposed to be based on your calling and exert out your, your gifting. That's different. But don't, don't, because look, I believe majority of our generation, for instance, we're having people who will choose the area of betting to make money because they think it is about money. Can you imagine a society where everybody, there's a, a bet system here and then we bet we make money and nobody has work. What are we going to get? And as of us, people don't even realize money is an illusion. Money itself is an illusion, it's just numbness. It's an illusion, it's a system. So if you place value on money over work, what is going to happen is that we are not able to, we, are, we, we can't create a society of service rendered to each other. And our society will break down. So I have paper, but nobody's ready. He to has paper, he to has paper, and nobody's serving each other. So work is a blessing. You may be found at the wrong work. Hey. <laughs> you may find the wrong work, number two, or your priorities are mis... mis, mis uh, Misplaced. There are a lot of things that could contribute to your work. You may have a bad government. Ay, 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 ay. Okay, are you in the house? Tell me, let's move on. Let's move on. I've stayed here too long. Yeah, amen. Just go and think about it. I think it's, it's worth thinking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't hate work. Don't hate work. 
You even check. After you sleep for some time, what happens to you? You become restless. You lost something to do. So work is good. You check the guy without any work. You feel aimless. You feel useless. There's any times we even go and take some leave. You go and take some leave. After you go, you take the leave two, three days. I look, my brain, I'm going back to the workplace. Because that makes you feel valuable. So our, our work is, and that's why it's one of the dangers of our generation. I can tell you, a lot of young people are going the short way, the shortcut. Let me do this. Let me do it. No. Sometimes even interesting. Look at even rich, rich countries. You know what they're doing? Some rich countries are giving money. Do you know what they're doing? It's not money that they're giving. You look as if they're bringing us money, but no, they're bringing us money to create jobs for their own people. Because they, it's dangerous to have a generation that are not doing anything. So they'll come and say, ah, what's wrong with your role? Your role you're not doing. Okay, people are poor. Okay, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm coming to give you money. But as I'm giving money, I want these people to come and work here. So that they have a sense of meaning and purpose. Let them come and test something, grow as human beings. And then people are there, I'm a few, I'm a Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, the next thing I'm about to spend money. Oh, ask you, and they tell them, the next thing I'm about to spend money, find out whether it can create a work for somebody else. Tell the person. Hallelujah. Yeah. Find out whether it can create work and bring meaning to somebody's life. Amen. Okay, the first one is what? Truth. Tell, tell them about truth. Okay, the second one. Are you in the house? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Someone said the name of Jesus. That's the name of truth, right? Let's look at this, this, this scriptures. Proverbs 18.10, Philippians 2.9, and Exodus 33.19. Proverbs 18.10. He said what? What? Sorry, you don't want to say? The name of the Lord is what? Is what? I can't say what? A strong fortress. The words, The godly run to it, and they are what? Safe. They are saved. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. Some translation says it's a strong word, tower. And the righteous run into it and they are what? They are saved. It means the name of the Lord is spiritual. Spiritual. It's not a, it's not a tower in a particular way, but it's spiritual. And it is a tower. And one of the things that the name of the Lord can save is your mind. Yeah, it's your mind. Remember. Any attack of the enemy is going to be successful is first the mind. Even sickness is the mind. Even sickness is the mind. Sickness first starts in the mind. You agree to it. As some of us, most of us don't realize that sometimes we welcome sickness without thinking about it. Like when somebody is talking about sickness, something they are going to, they all of a sudden we start thinking, what, what, what if it happens to me? You are welcome it in your mind. The minute you start coming, you say, my sickness. <laughs> Why? Because you have already welcomed it. Now your sickness is now showing. That's our parents called Kuku. Is it Kuku? I said Kuku. I said Kuku. You know how Mankeni is? You eat that. What is that? It's piles, right? Yeah. This is old people, they like piles. Hey, shake your neighbor. 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 Are you in the house? Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't accept sickness. Don't accept sickness. Don't a- One of the modern sickness of our time is mental illness. Should I go there? Uh-huh. Now, we have to, every time we're about to talk about this, sometimes we have to put a disclaimer. It's not that we are downplaying. Mental illness, it, 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 it's real. It can be a challenge. It's like this. If you've ever gone under strong doubt, have you ever had a situation where you are, 
You want to believe, but strong doubt is coming against you. Yeah, sometimes it's like that. It's like something strongly is attacking the mind. But what is making mental illness stay now is that it's gradually not seen as something that they, as a spiritual source. And because of that, because remember, to deal with anything, research, you have to do research to find the source. And one of the 99.9% of the source of mental illness is the devil. It's, I wouldn't put it spiritual because it's words. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are what? I can't hear their words. The same way it means that the words of other things can be what? Spirit and what? Death. Once one gives life, another can take life. Yeah. So sometimes you look as if it's nothing. But for instance, a, a young girl that is there, and then the uncle, uncle comes to touch the breast. And then the uncle touch the breast, and the girl says, I'll tell. He said, you do something, you ugly girl. No, no, that's, that's it. Now, these are words that have been sown. And the enemy will chase after it. You are nobody. You are nothing. You are nobody. You are nothing. You are nobody. You are nothing. And just that experience can lead such a girl to a mental sickness. But here's the thing. Because most of us don't see it that way. How many, I don't know, I don't know, when we're young, how many of us even tell us of the things we are thinking about? Okay. Even if we were to go and tell our parents of the things we're thinking about, what were they going to say? We did you don't know how to handle it. So that's how the enemy knows that ignorance of the watchers, those that are supposed to watch the minds of children, are parents, but they are ignorant, so the enemy just starts a seed of death and just waters it. That's what the enemy has a lot of water. Just waters it. Just waters it. Just waters it. And today we'll look at you and say, mental illness, mental illness. Yes, it's mental illness, but where's the source? Where is the source? I'm going to tell someone in the house. Yeah. And the way our generation is glorifying mental illness is where my problem is coming from. So yesterday I saw something. Shall we preach? I'm not even know Pastor Vlad. Vlad, I like Pastor Vlad. Pastor Vlad said, look, the man, he's become an African. No. Deliverance for you. is so old. <laughs> Small noise, you cast demon out of you. And come and see white people are right. You said, I watch, I say, hey, the ministry, they used to tell us that hey, this ministry. Now the whites have discovered that there's deliverance in Christ. So most whites are now going, so, so for pray for me. Now he said, he has written something. He said, look, you had this picture of Rambo. You know, the movie, the one, the, the, um, the boxing one, Rocky. And then a picture of a kid who has earpiece in his ears. And you can see that the, the parents, the mother is talking to the kid, but the kid is just giving attitude to the mother. And then he said that, look, I don't advocate for violence. <laughs> but he said, that, I said, look, this, he said, these were the deliverances we went through when we were young. The Rambo's face was after you have done, you have disrespected your parents. They, they deliver you, physical deliverance. And he says, he said, look, he said, look, these are the reasons why some of us, in a sense, I don't have the problems of it, the current generation. Because the boy is playing the buff, he's slapping the demon out of the boy. <laughs> so let's talk, Johnny, what are you doing, Johnny? The demon that is, <laughs> it's a demon that is talking to the child to be disobedient. Slap it, so when he comes, you talk to the demon, hey. You know that was <laughs> I will listen to that voice. But now the children listen to all the voices because there's no fear for anybody. 
they welcome the demons. The demons of disobedience. Tell them, insult mommy, they insult mommy. They went and say, oh, it's a ch-. as we're talking, as a, you know, me, I like the comment. You go under, and then one lady has come to write, eh, but uh, this thing, you. I wanted to go there and go and write and say, look, <laughs> you part of the reason why there are a lot of mental illness in town. Because those days, look, you look how many of us are mentally wrong. <laughs> look, the pressure we went through, I was telling someone, I said, look, you be an African, you go through some pressure that your mind must go strong. Other than that, Obago, you, 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 you. I'm telling you, oh. I'm telling you, they give you some, look, the stress you go, I remember when I went to Form 1, boarding house, you've left four or five hours away from home. You're in an environment you don't know. You have these tower-looking seniors who are screaming on you. I remember I, I bought, just when I entered my dormitory, put whatever down, then some guy becomes there. This guy is big, huge. I'm telling you. Then he comes and says, have you received my stretch? I said, I don't. I said, I said, I said so I said, I, I don't know, no. <laughs> then he says, stretch your hand. I stretch my hand. The weight of that, now look at me over 40 years. Look at my size. Go back. 20-something years back, you see the tiny boy, and this guy hit my hand. It's like electricity had just gone through. <laughs> Are you going to cry? Are you going to scream? Look, you swallow your crying. While I was trying to find my way, they've come. They are cleaning. Which, where, where do you, I supposed to clean? They are punishing. By the time I realized, you just came. Nobody's wasting time. By the time I realized, they've added you to the one they are punishing. Oh, I'm from Accra. Oh, I'm from Accra. I'm, I'm from Accra. I'm lawyer Jacobson. This stress. Look, 6 p.m. You see grown men will go and sit by the harbor. You can see where and everybody's crying. Everybody has missed their father. <laughs> Boys that hate their father. Everybody has missed their father. All of a sudden, your father is a good man. He said, "Hey, your father is a good man." We go through some stress. And what does he do? A tough issue. On top of it, too, you're supposed to be in class and learn. That semester, JJ was coming as a guest. We were celebrating some anniversary. JJ was coming. Oh, wake up in the morning. On top of this stress, they'll come and call you from class. And they walk us from here, maybe to uh, uh, Ryan or whatever. And we are going to sweep and clean from there to here by the roadside. We're writing, and at the end of the week, you're writing tests. Why human being? <laughs> So by the time you leave there, your mind, look, you, you have dealt with tough issues. So instead somebody comes and tells you they are fools, you say, hey, man, I don't mean any time. You know, I met dream, sad dream. <laughs> the mind you want, you personally die. <laughs> I feel like I dream, say, yeah, fool. Yeah, what? I don't have time. But now, small stress. The children can't stand stress. And we're wondering why they're breaking down mentally. They can't stand stress. Bible recommend, last the boy. He said, no. Yes, it's like electricity of panic, you know. There's a way they hit you, you can't touch it. You do your work to most say a call. Then you go to the wall, then you are doing, you are doing. I'm telling you. That's why respect respecting adults is not stressful for us. See, after I came back from boarding house, guess what? When my mother said, the professor said, go and clean. My own house. Clean my whole house. Oh, I mean, it's not, you're even cleaning singing. 
But when you go to body, when you haven't gone to body, when they say you should clean your own house, you are even annoyed. But when I came back, when they said you are happy doing it, because my father, the one who takes care of me, provides for me, is telling me to clean. The other ones, they don't even do any. Ask about after they punish you, they are coming for your own chop food. They are coming. <laughs> Government has come, taking over control of the schools, the, the religious schools, and they are destroying all of them. Yeah, taking disciplines out. They think discipline is talking to a child. No. Discipline includes lashing a child. Yeah. You have to, you have to lash the child. I believe it, though. You have to lash the child. Lash so that anytime, Papa, you do some fast one. <laughs> one guy, he said, he said, look, if he said, if you want to discipline a child that's that adults, he said, lift up the hand of a child and slap his armpit. He said, when a child goes, he says, he hits you. Nobody will believe <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will believe it. He said, ah, what did I say? He hits you. Is it possible? Was he playing with you there? That's what I said. He play. said, no, he hits me. No, nobody hits here. We hit the back. Hey, I'm going to make some sense, somebody. Shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, we need some discipline. We need some. Where were we? Crowd that we reached where we are. The name of Jesus. Hey! And we landed where we have landed. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about mental, mental, yeah. The name of Jesus saved you from mental illness. Look, don't joke. I, I don't know how to go. Listen, attack any negative thought with the name of the Lord. Don't joke with it. It looks as if it's harmless, but it's harmful. Small poison is poison. The next verse, Philippians 2, verse 9. Yeah. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. The next verse. He said what? That at the name of what? I can, at the name of words, at the name of words, Jesus, every word, every knee shall bow, where? In heaven and on earth and what? And under the earth. Young people, learn to use the name of Jesus. Our mothers, they knew how to use the name of Jesus because they could tell when a demon is coming. Our generation, demons are all being uh, branded. So you can't tell they're coming. So demons are even our friends. Yeah. Besties, in the name of uh, Halloween and all those things, glorify demons. One of the guys, one of our guys is in, is in school in Canada. He'll tell you, he said, look, and he's not the only person. I said, about three of young people, different time in different places, will tell you the, the spiritual harassment they go through when they went to the, uh, Canada. Yeah, in their dreams. When you go to everything, sunshine, nice, nice, nice. The, every tree here and everything, but demons will go on. Why? Because those spaces, nobody is seeing them as demons and opposing them. They've all been welcome. So if you are somebody who starts standing for righteousness, you see that they will start showing themselves. Yeah. A number of one of the guys cried, they attacked him mentally. So much that he has to leave his work and come. He has to leave his studies and come back to Anna. They are real. And you have to learn to use the name of Jesus. Face you with the name of Jesus. I rebuke in Jesus' name. You wear your long heels, your long nails, but learn to bind. Yes. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't say that because you don't know. And recently I saw a video of this American girl. I mean, she said, 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 look, nice, pretty girl, I've cool looking. She said, look, she knows the place of spiritual warfare. Don't walk in those things. Don't know. Pray. Because an investment has been made into the name already. The name of Jesus. 
So stand in that name and deal. Some of the things that are coming at you, look, get up and bind and rebuke that demon in Jesus' name. The next verse. He says what? And every tongue, no, the, uh, the, the next, the Exodus, yeah. You, let's move on to the next one. The power of God. Someone say the power of God. So first is what? Um, truth. Second is what? The name of Jesus. And then the third is what? The power of God. Someone say the power of God. Power belongs unto God. Now, power, how did you find power in school? What is power? Oh, do you remember? Power is what? That's energy. <laughs> okay, going to do times. <laughs> the formula. <laughs> Anytime I'm talking about power, I'm talking about ability, someone's ability. It's what? Ability. Anytime you say somebody has power, it means they have ability to get a function done. Ability. Power equals ability. Psalm 62 verse, verse 11. Yeah, Psalm 62 verse 11. Are we good? Now, all power belongs unto God. Because, here's the thing. God does not exist because of something. But everything exists because of God. Right there. God does not exist because of something. It means that there's nothing that is a causative agent to God's existence. But everything else exists because of God. In the beginning, God. That's what the Bible says. In the beginning, God. So God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs unto God. I wish Bishop Oedipo is preaching. Usually, power belongs. And the emphasis and the way he will place you, you realize that he knows what he's talking about. That power belongs unto God. Power doesn't belong unto the chief executive officer. The chief executive officer, I've said it before, is exercising authority. Authority is something that is entrusted. So men walk in entrusted authority, but they assume his power. No. True power belongs unto God. Hey, are you in the house? Uh-huh. And if you're going to have victory, you have to know who power belongs unto. Because sometimes you have to look at the boss and tell the boss, I ain't going to sleep with you. What are you talking about? Yeah. One of the guys, one of the, the ladies was telling me, he said, the, 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 the boss or the supervisor told her that she's pretty. Ladies like this, they don't have to pay for their own school fees. Mm. Yeah, so you're too pretty to pay for your own school fees. Yeah. And that's everybody. He said, all the pretty young girls they are doing it. Yeah. That she can link her to some rich politician and she everything will be taken care of. Yeah. For him to have the audacity even to open the mouth and say it, there has to be some form of truth in it. Yeah. And if someone who can come to a level and talk to a Christian, like you can imagine the number of people that they talk to about them. Yeah, they suggest. Why are you stressing? Yeah. Why are you stressing? But if you don't know where power belongs to, you think the power belongs to the men who have money. So very soon, you're also going to take your bottles to go and get some money. <laughs> but sometimes I have to look at them and say, Bossu, <laughs> power doesn't belong to you. Quote the scripture. God has spoken once. Twice have I heard that power belongs to you. Power belongs to you. God is the one who, the Bible said that when God opens the door, no man can shut. 
That is a man with power. And when he opens, when he shuts a door, nobody can open. That is a man of power. But when you're a believer, you don't know where power belongs. Because once one more time, you'll be playing the tunes of men. Yeah. Playing the tunes of as most of us over time even grow up developing the strategies of men rather than the fact that power belongs unto Allah. That once a God steps in the matter, nobody can stop him. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Look at your neighbor, power belongs unto God. Power, power belongs unto God. Hallelujah. Yeah. There's a guy, he got, became political power. They appointed him in one position. Guess what? He didn't last one month. His leg, his leg, they buried him three months ago. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know where power belongs to. Because you have a man of people who are made use the name of Jesus, use the name of Jesus, but they, are not, they don't know where power belongs to. Others, they know where their power belongs to. The guy, prominent, I've forgotten the, the position. That's it. Young boy, right? 40 something. He's dead. They buried him. Yeah. Everybody, they are doing themselves. They are saying, Power belongs unto God. Power belongs unto God. Power doesn't belong to, what's the name? Uh, friends, uh, um, Jeff Bezos. When now when you look at their, the zeros that follow their name, you think power belongs unto them? No. No, no, power belongs unto God. Amen. Even though U.S., what, remember when Obama was there? Oh, are you in the house? When Obama was there, by, by reason of his office, superpower president, what do you do? Put gay people and give them agendas all around the world. Where's Obama? The one who has power, that is ageless, that nothing touches him. Is waiting for him. As of fact, God is watching as he, Obama ages till he dies. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure about that. I said, you, you know, you do now. Do you know who? <laughs> I was telling somebody. I said, look, one of the, one of the most one of the most um, what's the word they use? Equalizers of life. And one of the most cruel things in life is time. The boy disrespected old people, insult them. Mm, that's it. When is his time? Somebody will give him a kutubi, eh? <laughs> it's, got, it's got time, a kutubi. <laughs> give him some. It's time. Nobody has time. It's time. It's time. The one who power belongs to us, power over time. That's God. So never think that any man has power. Remember, if you're going to walk in victory, remember where power belongs and where power emanates. Power belongs to God. The same way, in the same, you're there and walk and say, oh, this life is here. It's modern. We have reached where um, all opinions count. Uh, we have reached where gay power. Okay? Time. Time. Olympus and all those are about to fall. All the structures that can erect at the rush of some blood, <laughs> they're about to fall. All of them are about to fall down. That w- at the resuscitation, that will come. <laughs> it's called time. She can always say, It's called time. It's called time. Oh, she can always say, It's time. All those, some, some of the people that held, uh, what's it called, transgender, transgender agenda, whatever. Now it is time is meeting up on them. All of a sudden, those that were deceived to think were men, so they changed their organs. 
they are all waking up. Research shows that they, with time, they're all coming to the realization that that was a wrong thing they did. Time. Because the creator of the universe is no fool of any man. All power belongs unto him. And when he's built and structured you the way he structured you, he didn't so do so at the blind side. It's not as if God lost some information, made some mistake. That's not the reason. No. So, yes, you might be going through some weakness, but never lose sight of who made you, that he holds power. And the same man who holds power can also heal you and correct the wrongs. I'm going to give some sense somebody. Shake your neck and say, know who the power belongs to. No, 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 who the power belongs to. I can't hear. Tell the person, know who the power belongs to. The last thing, the last, the last in that point, Jesus once I wanted to show people where power belongs. He said, look, do not fear the man who can only destroy your body, but can destroy the soul. It means that the one who has power can destroy souls. And he was trying to tell them, I can do that. So next time when somebody threatens you, say, at worst, you can only destroy my body. But there's one who can destroy the soul. And he is the one that we should fear. I'm making some sense, somebody. Yeah, it's God. You must fear God. Shake your neighbor and say, fear God, fear God. Know where power belongs to. Amen. Shake your neighbor, shake your neighbor, shake your neighbor, shake your... Oh, are you in the house? Ish. Amen. One minute. Today's our last meeting for the month, right? But isn't that thing quick? Uh-huh. So that's, that's no word there. So this today's the last preaching. Oh, this, yeah, good news. Oh, yeah. Because the next one is think faith. Or it's think faith. Yeah, yeah, it's think faith. Because I've realized I've preached here plenty this month. <laughs> so I have to finish the content today. Amen. Amen. I've shared on three things. Is it three or four things today? Three things. Okay. The last one, then we'll close, is. Testimonies, our testimonies, our testimonies, our testimonies. Tell me about our testimonies, our testimonies, our testy, our testy, our testimonies. <laughs> God is real. God is good. Where is God? Show me God. Where is he? It was very difficult for us to point to God without looking so, uh, what's the word? We look some way without looking like the rest mystic, you know. One of the things that God pointed to his to his presence is his works in our lives. God's works in our lives point to his person. I'm making some sense, somebody. So God is a healer. How do I know? Because he healed Yaira. Where God works are not known, it's very difficult for his person to be known. Where God's works are not known, it's very difficult for his person to be known. Even in our in our in our in, in our trying to help people to find to know people, we use their works. Oh, don't you know Mr. Sumini? Ah, Mr. Sumini. Mr. Sumini, the man who has built that wall that looks like it's about to fly. They are like, oh, that wall, yeah. I was wondering who did it, and why he did it. That's Mr. Sumini. Say, oh, oh, Mr. Sumini, the man who builds our wondrous walls. <laughs> okay, where is God? What has God built in your life? 
How is it that we want to show a generation God without the testimony of what he has done in our lives? Mm. You get me? Uh-huh. Because all wants to do, oh, God, yeah, is this, God, is this, God, is this. All of a sudden, we'll build something that we cannot put together. Because as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, it's very difficult for you to, in one breath, describe God. As a matter of fact, he himself couldn't do it. <laughs> when somebody asks, who are you? What should I say? I am. I think the person left more confused than <laughs> he was going, I am. I am. What is that? I am. Somebody asks, who are you? Say, I am. <laughs> are you with me? It's very difficult for us to put God in one breath, but we can break the description of God's character by looking at what God can do and what God has done in our lives. So what am I saying? Bible says that we overcame the enemy by the word. Blood of the Lamb, and by what? By my words, I can abide words. The word of our, the word of our Revelations 12, 11, right? The word of our testimony. What does our testimony say? My God, if not for God, where would I have been? Mm, that's what our word is saying. Hey, it says, don't attribute what I am to my own labor nor my works, but it's the words of God. I am who I am by the grace of God. I am who I am by the grace. So all of a sudden, people can then tell, hey, this God likes to work on foolish people because the way you are foolish men first, hey, if God can work on foolish men, they mean that I'm not too foolish, I think. I think it should be difficult for God. Amen? Haven't you seen some people's testimony? You look at them, you're like, hey, see, one of the people that can tell that God is alive in that generation, anytime I see, is Prince Charles. When I see Prince Charles preaching, to me, I know that God is in CY. I don't need a music hmm, to tell me God. No. Just Prince Charles standing and preaching the gospel tells me that God is alive and God is in CY. I'm telling you. Because for God to take a young guy who is hooked on sex and turn his life around to love Jesus, sure, it's not a joke. It's God. And that one, nobody can beat it. Who can, who can argue that out? Nobody can argue that out. So our testimonies are a powerful tool against the works of the enemy. And our testimony points to who God is. Hallelujah. I can, are you in the house? So I want you to ask your neighbor next to you, what has God done? What has God done? What has God done? What has God done for you? Somebody say, God has done nothing for you. And you have your head on your shoulders. Recently, when was that this video yesterday, I saw a guy, a young guy. I think he's in one of the churches. I don't want to mention. And then one of the pastor friends had posted him. Young guy. I said, the guy's gone. Come and see some of his inmates under writing there. You can see their heartbreak. And you're writing under. And the minute I saw that, I was like, hey, God is real low. Because I could have been like the guy. There has to be a hand that is holding us. Recently, I read that research. He said, look. If you think that it's because of protein eating, that's what I said. You think it's because of protein eating and the leaves you are chewing. And that's the reason why <laughs> you are. Goats, don't they chew uh, leaves more than anybody? <laughs> but yet, goat dies. So it's not. <laughs> I'm preaching, I'm preaching. Goats chew whatever, but they are dead. I talking about it's not about Nira. 
Look. <laughs> what am I saying? Listen. There are people who have found themselves. As of a recent, I read an article by a man who was okay. And then he went to take some, you know, some of these preventive drugs to be more okay. Okay plus more okay equals death. Yeah. Just to go find out the okay, the more okay thing was drinking. There's something inside that was agreeing with his body. Triggered. Is it cancer or something? How many things have you put in your mouth? How many? As we were, when we were young, we were t- some of our delicacies were, they were duck feces and chicken feces. Yeah. Oh. When you learn how to grow, when you learn how to walk, they will put you in the sun. And your mother was washing, and then you just go there. You stand here and look at you. Dog, dog feces, you have your things you have eaten. Maybe that's why your hair is growing plenty. <laughs> Some of you can tell your house or your family there's no hair there by you. <laughs> hey, mercy. Things we have eaten are here by the grace of God. Come here and say, oh, because I do exercise. I do exercise. No. Yeah, and I'm not saying don't do it. Do the exercise. Do the exercise. Do. And all, do what you have to do. But I'm telling you, it is God that keeps a man. I'm telling, sometimes when I read some of the things, I can even tell it's just not fair. You can read it and say, God, this one there is not fair. But who are you going to ask and tell it's not fair? Is it God? Say, so God, it's not fair, it's dead. God said, okay, will you take his place? Say, <laughs> God, I think you are very fair. <laughs> I, think you are, I think you are very fair. You are just to know your ways. What am I to say? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But let's share the testimony. No, I'm simply saying because I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to say much because I think last year I preached this thing. Yeah, and it's there, so I don't want to go too much deep. I just want to encourage on it. God has done something for us. We must share our testimony. Our testimonies tell a generation that there exists a God. One of the things that is so profound for Africans is that we believe God for everything. Which I was talking to. Um, one white guy. He said, look, he noticed something. Africans may not have perfect doctrine, but their faith is it's beyond, you can't, you can't um, undermine their faith. The doctrine may not be sound. They still believe in witches using, sitting on their, using their head as a, how do you call it, a, a frying pan of football. They do believe in, that's African. <laughs> Fine, but <laughs> that's Africa. The African believes that the cuckoo that is running in his room is a witch that is doing that. It's, it's, it's something. Uh-huh. Their doctrine may not be sound, but you cannot beat their faith. You can't beat their faith. They believe God for everything. Hey, the malaria, hey, if you don't trust God, the malaria drug, no. No. Hey, I'm telling you, you don't. You can't tell whether the nurse who's watching is a witch, a witch or a wizard. You can't tell. That's African. So why you are there believing God? It's a nurse. They were in the nurse. So me, me, I shall not die. I shall not die. Hey, I said, when you get malaria, you know, malaria, the, the, that demonic disease, 
In Bible, you are hot. Tomorrow you are cold. Just when you think you are okay, then. In the evening, when it's beginning to hot, you can see as if death is coming. Death is calling your name. You believe God. Sometimes you go here. That's an African story there. You can't hear. The doctors and the issues. One guy went to a hospital, pray, paid. They took him to the, how do you call it, the operating room. They said they had done it. Just for him to discover he didn't do it. <laughs> Kidney stone. They said they had done it. This one, so why would you <laughs> sedate the person, take the person there, and go and do, and say, yeah, and, and finally you haven't done it. You are doing okay, you are all right. By the time you realize the following day, say, oh, you said you were about to discharge him yesterday. Oh, today he's dead. It's the grace of God that makes us go and come every day. Every day. Every day. Look at the church drivers. Yeah. So when you enter, you realize that hey, this one is coughing. It's coughing. <laughs> it's coughing. <laughs> Remember Steve Mesa? I think he took a flight like if he took a flight, that you laugh, huh? To take, to go and preach. He said, when you about landing, then the plane will move this way. <laughs> they will move this way. He said, hey, are we about to die? <laughs> That's the way he talks. He said, I won't fly this again. This is a flying coffin. <laughs> If you look at the things we have here and we move, we hardly have we have aviation accident. Meanwhile, we know the type of attitude of Ghanaian workers we, we have. Oh, and yes, oh, things are supposed to go and check. No, but so no, but they say, No, they're fine. No, but okay. No, but okay. These are the kind of engineers we have. No, but okay. No, but okay. <laughs> No scientific research, no reading. We are up to now. Yet we fly, we go and come. Every time I fly locally and I come back, hey, do we thank God? Look, which image? No, 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 you are in a crowd. They said the plane is coming down. What can we do? <laughs> the nation, what can we do? What can we do? If the rescue, what, what can we do? I, I just, I, some people can try something, but we, what can we do as a nation? There's nothing. Stadium disaster. We killed ourselves, 100 something. Because it's the Lord that has been keeping us. And we should uphold the testimony of the Lord. We should never come to a place where we think we are so good that our science is saving us. Look, one of the things people you don't, you don't know if you go to America, they have lots of scientific research. Go and check the main diseases that are killing them. In all their research, they also now have a lot of names of diseases. I'm telling you, things that are killing them, it will shock you. And there are the things that Africa is believing God to be healed. Because we don't have any doctor. We don't have specialists. Our specialists are all going. <laughs> I'm telling you, our specialists are all going. Share is the grace of our God. Let's share the testimony of Jesus. Let's share what? 
Let's show words. And Bible said, by so doing, we overcome the enemy. We overcome. Said this. This is how, how it works. The enemy is making your leg, whatever. You just say, look, God is a healer. Last week I was not well. He healed me. Last time I was, I, was, I didn't have money. He gave me my money to eat. He did this for me. Then the enemy is standing there and say, ah, wait, am I wasting my time? Why? Because if you have these testimonies of God and attesting to his, his goodness, then you have faith to overcome that. That's how it works. We must always testify of the Lord on our lips. The Lord helped me overcome addiction. The Lord helped me overcome this. The Lord helped me overcome this. The Lord helped me overcome this. Every time you do so, you are stirring up the faith in your heart to overcome whatever the enemy has put in front of you. It will be a victorious generation. Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet. Go to two or three people. Give them a high five and tell them we are a victorious generation. We are a victorious generation. Go to them. Give them a high five. Tell them we are a victorious generation. Victory belongs to God. He can do all things. Victory belongs to God. He can do Thank you and God bless you for listening to this message. You can get interactive with Pastor Roderick Ijekumo on his social media handles. Facebook at Roderick Ijekum, Instagram at Roderick Ijekum, Twitter at Roderick Ijekum. You could also get interactive with Christ for Youth International on Facebook at Christ for Youth International, Instagram at ConnectCYI, Twitter at ConnectCYI. This has been the Kingdom Move Podcast. Thank you and do stay blessed.